0: This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I would like to welcome you to a special one-week series on the intersection of King Arthur and his roundtable and compliance. The month of August 2018 has been the anniversary of my 1,000th podcast. Over this month, I have been putting on special one-week series on the intersection of compliance and topics. We've taken a look at Sherlock Holmes. We've taken a look at Shakespeare. We've taken a look at ethical culture, and we've considered, and we've considered the future of internal audit, analytics, and compliance. So, as part of this special series, I'm going to take a look at one of my favorite characters in literature, King Arthur, and how King Arthur can inform your compliance program. This special series, King Arthur, his roundtable, and compliance, is a special series of the Compliance Podcast Network. Part 3, The Round Table, and Compliance Professionals as Whistleblowers. Next, we consider King Arthur's Round Table. The Round Table is the most famous table around, amazingly enough, and it's where he and his knights congregated. Its shape implies that everyone sits there has equal status. Wace, who relied upon previous depictions of Arthur's fabulous retinue, first described the Round Table in 1155. The symbolism of the round table developed over time, and by the close of the 12th century, it had come to represent the chivalric order associated with Arthur's court, the knights of the round table. As with all things Arthurian, the origins of the round table are a bit murky. One commentator claims that Arthur created the round table to prevent quarrels among his barons, none of whom would accept a lower place than the others. Others believe it came to prominences as a symbol of the famed order of chivalry that flourished under Arthur. In Robert de Boron's Merlin, written in the 1190s, the wizard Merlin creates the round table in imitation of the table of the Last Supper and of Joseph of Arimathea's Holy Grail table. That table has 12 seats and one empty place to mark the betrayal of Judas. This seat must remain empty until the coming of the Knight of purity and chastity who will receive and achieve the grail. When knight Percival comes to the court at Camelot, he sits in the seat and initiates the Grail quest. Whatever the origins of the Round Table, it may be the single most tangible item associated with King Arthur. I thought about the concepts surrounding the legend of the Round Table in consideration of compliance officers as whistleblowers. Daniel Hurston reported on the first Whistleblower Award to a compliance officer. It was a $300,000 award and therefore not particularly large. It was certainly uh, dwarfed by several multi-million dollar whistle awards both before and after this initial one, but it carried particular significance to astute observers in the corporate legal internal audit and compliance communities. Insiders know that compliance officers and internal auditors, beleaguered and sometimes frustrated as they may be, hold the kings to the kingdom when it comes to knowledge of corporate ethical and legal lapses within their companies. Prior to this award, it had generally been thought that the SEC would continue to discourage such awards on the rationale that it did not want to encourage employees whose job it was to prevent corporate and ethical violations to profit from simply doing so. Over under this first initial award, the whistleblower uh, certainly marked a change in SEC policy. In the final analysis, the real job of the compliance officer is not just training employees to know where and when the FCPA or any of the myriad of laws and regulations that govern corporate conduct are, but do their best to help the company apply to them, also to identify cases when they fail. An internal auditor is charged with making his or her investigations and report, but not administering punishment. But the presumption in each case is that the company will take the work seriously and take action to correct problems if necessary, and certainly report them to regulatory authorities. Sam Rubinfeld talked about the first multimillion-dollar whistleblower award to a compliance officer, and this unnamed whistleblower took their ter- concerns initially to, uh, internally to company management but was not successful in persuading management to cease the uh, illegal conduct. The compliance officer had a reasonable basis to believe the disclosure to the SEC was necessary to prevent imminent misconduct from causing substantial financial harm. After that award, Son McCasey, the first chief of the SEC whistleblower office, said employees who perform internal audit compliance and legal functions can be eligible for SEC awards if their companies fail to take appropriate and timely action on information when they first report it internally. Andrew Suresny, then the chief of the SEC's enforcement decision, said at the time, the compliance officer reported the misconduct after responsible management at the entity became aware of the potentially impending harm to investors and failed to take steps to prevent it. If management fails to take these steps or the company displays a lack of good faith or competence in its undertaking, it's in the bargain. You, as the compliance officer, may have to undertake corrective action, however unpleasant or personally risky this may be. In truth, you owe this to the company, its vast majority of honest employees and investors. If certain people in the corporate structure are blind to bet the company risk and ignoring or covering up your wrongdoing, and it's your job to ensure that philosophy does not prevail. Interestingly, at least three state bar organizations, Washington, California, and the state of New York, have questioned if SEC regulations trump state bar regulations, no pun intended, regarding attorney whistleblowers. In New York, a Committee on Professional Ethics responded to this development by releasing a formal opinion. It concluded that New York lawyers, presumptively, may not ethically serve as whistleblowers for a bounty against their clients under Dodd-Frank because doing so generally gives rise to a conflict between lawyers' interests and those of their clients. Of course, no word on when you have to do so to and plead guilty to uh, federal criminal charges. The issue of whether SEC regulations would overrule state bar violations, I think, has been answered, with lawyers receiving full protection for both Dodd-Frank whistleblowing and Sarbanes-Oxley whistleblowing, as long as they follow the scriptures of those statutes. King Arthur's roundtable may have been designed so that all knights were treated as equals. Have some have noted, the legends of the round Table is a part of the Holy Grail quest storyline, requiring purity of heart and chastity to achieve the grail. Both strands of the roundtable legend inform the debate on whistleblowers. It is now clear that compliance practitioners, lawyers, and internal auditors can report to the Securities and Exchange Commission, and not only receive the bounties, but also receive the anti-retaliation protections available under both Sarbanes-Oxley and Dodd-Frank. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of King Arthur, his roundtable, and compliance. And now a word about our sponsor, Converge 18, hosted by Conversant. As you know, this last year has publicly brought ethics to the center of business reputations worldwide. With the acceleration of the speak-up culture and organizational accountability that social media is enabling and amplifying, companies need to incorporate integrity into every level of their organization. Converge 18 is helping organizations to do just that through the ethical transformation of leadership. The goal of Converge 18 is to arm you with information, strategy, and tactics to transform your organization going forward. Listeners to this podcast will receive a 50% discount utilizing the discount code TOMFOXVIP. That's T-O-M-F-O-X-V-I-P, all uppercase. This is Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. This has been a part of the Compliance Podcast Network.